Thank you for taking time to listen to this week's message from First Orlando. You can find even more content, including video archives of this and other past messages at firstorlando.com. And if you're in the Orlando area, be sure to visit us sometime soon. Now, enjoy this podcast from First Orlando. Nice to meet you. That's what we say, right? Do we really mean it? Sometimes. I want to, I want to give people a reason to mean it. I'd love to be able to walk out here and do what Lucas did. Man, I've always dreamed I could play a keyboard. And they got it turned off. They won't even let me. They don't trust me. Oh, there we go. So. I know the rest of it, but we don't have time. I would love to be able to stand there and sing and play. I can't. You might love the fact, oh, I'd love to stand up there where David is and do that, or I'd like to do that. There's so many things that, unfortunately, we can't do. But there's something every one of us can do. And that is simply sharing with somebody what Jesus means to you. And this series is about giving people a reason to say, it was nice to meet you. And there's a woman in the scripture today, I promise you, when that day was over, she looked at Jesus and said, it was so nice to meet you, because he changed her life. And that's the one thing we've got to do. Now, we can, when we get to heaven, I'll play the keyboard. When I get to heaven, I'll sing. I mean, yeah, you won't even recognize me. I'll be singing, and you're like, well, who, what? But I'm not there yet, neither are you. So why has he left us here? Why did we get another day? We got another day to glorify him. He gave you breath this morning to use it for him. And so let me just tell you, there's never been a greater need for the church to talk about the hope we have in Jesus than right now. We are living in what I used to call post-COVID. Now we are back in COVID. We got people that are looking for hope. They're looking for answers. And, and, and they'll, they'll tell you anything. Oh, well, I did this, or if you do that, or if you... Listen, can we just be real honest? You can eat right. You can exercise and you're going to die anyway. Am I right? You're going to die. Nobody made it out of here alive. So are we ready to stand before Jesus and say, I made a difference in my city. I made a difference in my neighborhood. Because the greatest difference you can make is to offer something called living water that refreshes and nourishes from now till eternity. And that's exactly what happens in this moment with Jesus. I just want us to be the kind of church that offers living water to people. In other words, when they come or when you meet them or when they meet us, they hear something, see something, experience something that they're going to go, wow, it's nice to meet you. 
So go to, go to John's Gospel, chapter 4. I want to welcome those of you who are streaming. It's so good to have you. And, and I want to invite you to, to go to John chapter 4. And I also want to say welcome to the TV folks that are watching on TV 45. It's always great to have you as a part of the services. What we want to talk about today, no matter where you are, you'll hear me refer to our church and refer to us, but no matter where you are, what we're talking about today works everywhere. Because there's a lot of differences among us, but there's some things we all share in common. And... That is, we all need Jesus. And when we have somebody that cares for us and they're willing to invest in us, it makes a difference. So let me, take, let me set it up. John chapter 4. We're going to read several verses, so just you have to hang in there and read with me. It's the story called The Woman at the Well. And it is actually, believe it or not, the longest conversation Jesus had with an individual that's recorded in Scripture. Okay, We don't have all of his conversations recorded, but this is the longest one. And it's a story that happens in a place that's very unusual called Samaria. Samaria was an area between Jerusalem and Galilee. And it was a place where people called Samaritans lived. They were basically people who were the byproduct of the Assyrians back 700 years before Christ. Assyrians conquered the northern part of Israel and they intermarried with Jews. And the result was what came to be known as half-breeds or Samaritans. And the Jews never received them. The Samaritans despised the Jews. The Samaritans had their own mountain to worship on. They had their own Pentateuch, first five books of the Bible. I mean, they, they built everything around their own tradition. And they just weren't on good terms with the Jews. And of all the places Jesus goes to show us how to love, how to share, he goes to Samaria. Because it's probably the least likely place for us to go on our own. So I'm going to start reading chapter 4, verse 4. You just follow along. Like I said, it's a long read, but let's get the story. And he had to pass through Samaria. Remember those words. He had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, so Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour, that's noon. A woman from Samaria came to draw water, and Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is asking you to give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said, well, sir, you don't have anything to draw with. And the well is deep. Where are you going to get that living water? She's still thinking physical water. And then, are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us this well. He drank from it himself as his sons did and his livestock. And Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never thirst again. And the water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up into eternal life. And the woman said to him, sir, give me this water 
so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. She's still thinking it's Dasani, okay? Or it's one of the water companies, right? Watch this. Jesus said to her, go call your husband to come here. And the woman said, I don't, I don't have a husband. And Jesus said, you're right. You've had five husbands. And the one you have now is not your husband. So what you've said is true. And then the woman says, sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain. But you say in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. And the woman said to him, I know that the Messiah is coming, he who is called the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all about these things. And Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. May the Lord bless the reading of his word. Now there's, there's some more of the story. And there's so many things that Jesus said in this conversation with her. It's loaded. But I want to stay focused on watching how Jesus dealt with people. Because I want us to have tools. I want us to feel comfortable. Now, I'm probably, you're probably never going to feel comfortable. Get, com get comfortable being uncomfortable. When we talk to somebody, it's, it's always going to be a little bit, you know, nerve-wracking, as I call it. But Jesus did some things here that were amazing, okay? And I want, you to, I want you to write these lessons down. Number one, meet people where they are. Meet people where they are. If we're going to change the city, if we're going to change our state. I mean, literally, if we're going to have impact on our world, we might want to start where people are. Now, let me show you what I mean by that. Those opening words said he must go through Samaria. When Jews traveled from Jerusalem to Samaria, I mean to uh, Galilee, they wouldn't go through Samaria. Here's a map. Okay, there's Jerusalem. This encounter happens as they're going from Jerusalem up to Galilee. So see this? That's Samaria. And Jews would not go through Samaria. Now some would, but most wouldn't. So what they do? They would go over here and go around, or most of them would go on the other side of the Jordan River and then come this way. How many of you took geometry class and you learned a simple principle? The shortest distance between two points is a straight line. Look how far out of the way they would go. Why? Samaritans. I don't want to go through there. Any neighborhoods you don't like to drive through? Any particular group of people you don't want to be around? Any neighbor you don't want to encounter? Think about it. We all have our Samarias. We all have those places. But if we're going to be like Jesus, 
We're going to meet people where they are, not where we want them to be. We're going to meet them where... So what Jesus do? He leaves Jerusalem. He goes to Sychar, the well. And then he goes on. He goes straight through the middle. You see, for me, all I got to do is remember this. Jesus left heaven and came to earth for me. Because when I couldn't go to where he was, he came to me. And that's exactly the mission of the church. When we realize they can't come. Spiritually blind, in darkness. Yes, we can build nice buildings and we have them. And we put a sign up on the main highways and we can advertise. But they don't live here. They don't come. So what do we do? Go to them. We're going to go where they are. And guess what? You're already there. You go to school where they are. You work where they are. You travel and vacation where they are. I mean, we are already there. We just have to start meeting people where they are. And let's start there. He also, by the way, met her at a well. And what time of day was it? Anybody catch that? Noon. Nobody goes to the well at noon. It's hot. Okay? You don't go to the well at noon. Those of us who live in Florida, we learn there are certain things you don't do in the middle of the day. And the afternoons, because the rains are coming, right? I mean, you just have to pattern your life, really, around weather. Well, here, the only ones who went to the well at noon, outcast. People who had been pushed out. Most people believe this woman was either a prostitute or she was just a really messed up woman. She had five husbands. And then she had a man with her now. It wasn't her husband. So six guys in her life. So she's there at noon. I read something this week that I thought was very intriguing. Could it be? I'm just going to throw this out. Could it be? The reason she had been divorced five times is she was barren. She couldn't have children. And in that day, when a man married a woman who could not produce a child, he'd get rid of her. So maybe she's there out of desperate. Maybe she's there just simply because she's barren. We don't know. We just know she was a broken woman. She was a broken woman, or she wouldn't have been at the well at that time of day. And even more than that, don't forget the fact she was a woman. Jews prided themselves. Men don't talk to women unless it's your wife. In fact, there was a group of Pharisees known as the bruised and the bleeding Pharisees. They prided themselves in that name. Bruised and bleeding. You know how they got that name? When they would see a woman coming down the street, they would close their eyes. And they would keep walking. So whatever they ran into, because they're not looking where they're going, left bruises and left them bleeding. But that was a badge of honor. They were called the bruised and the bleeding. And here Jesus is sitting at a well, talking to a woman. And notice what he does. He starts where she is. His goal was not to get all the information about her. He already had that. His goal was to tell her, to show her. She was human. She was broken, yes, but he loved her. So whenever we talk to people, 
You cannot let where they are get in the way of where they need to be. You hear me? They, where they are is not the point. Jesus meets us where we are. That's exactly where we start with people. And I just think it's pretty interesting he didn't start with her problem. He didn't walk up, or let me say, he's sitting by the well. She walks up, and he looks at her and goes, you know what, I know all about you, and I know you've been married five times, and the husband you're with now, it's, he's ridiculous, and you need help. Jesus didn't start there. Where did he start? He started with a conversation. The second principle, conversation leads to connection. Just have a conversation. You know why? It honors people. I mean, it just at least lets them know you care about them. And Jesus was a master. Look what he did. First thing he did, he asked her for something. He asked her for a drink of water. So how many of you think he couldn't get a drink? That he could literally not physically get his own water. Are you kidding me? He's the creator of water. He is the living water himself. So why did he ask her? Because there's something very, very connecting about asking a question to somebody or asking for help from somebody. One of the greatest spiritual conversations that I've ever had was with a blackjack dealer on an airplane. I was flying back to Fort Worth in Dallas, DFW, and she sat on beside me, and I found out she was a blackjack dealer in, in, in uh, Las Vegas. And I just asked her the question, oh, you know what? I used to play as a kid, but I don't think I played the game right. How do you play that? And she looks at me and goes, are you kidding me? You really want to know? Yes, I want to know. How do you play the game? I want to know about your work. I want to know about your life. She explained everything to me. And the only thing I can remember, she said, the house always wins. That's all I can remember <laughs> out of that conversation. The house always wins. But let me tell you, that, that conversation took a turn when I asked her a question. Jesus just asked her, can you give me some water? Jesus intentionally chose the relationship first. Yeah, he could have, he could have gone after her, and he could have told her everything that was wrong up at the beginning, but that's not what he did. When we were in Nashville about a month or two ago at our convention, I'll give you a great example. I walked, we were walking to eat somewhere, and there was a guy with a bullhorn on the corner. And he had signs. And most of the signs had to do with hell. And he was on that bullhorn, and he was talking about repent and believe. I mean, really what he was saying was true. And he's yelling at everybody that goes by. I also, in Nashville, ran into an old friend who came up to me and said, Man, I've, I've been so concerned about you. How are you doing? How can I pray for you? Now, let me ask you a question. Which, two, which one of those two people do you think I would talk to more about my life? The guy with the bullhorn? Or a brother who comes up and says, Hey, I've been thinking about you. Yeah. And it wasn't that the guy with the bullhorn was... Speaking untruths, it's just there was no connection. Can I just tell you that when you have a conversation with somebody, you're going after a connection. Just some type of relationship that can be built just in that conversation. And here's what Jesus did. He found common ground. And you know what the common ground he had with that woman? Water. 
That's why there's so much of this dialogue that's about water. And he used water, physical water, as common ground with her to explain living water. What a beautiful example. So let me give you a, an example of that in my life. I went to see a guy one time I knew was lost. And all I knew about this guy is he lived in the country and he was a world champion dog trainer. Okay, that's all I knew. Walked in his house and I, as we're standing there visiting and I look at his cabinets where you're supposed to have books or pictures of your family. <laughs> he had pictures of dogs and he had these huge trophies. And I said, man, what is this? I knew exactly what it was. What is this? He said, well, I train dogs. And I got up out of my chair and I walked over. And I started looking at every one of those trophies. And I said, oh, my goodness. You got to tell me about this. How do you do that? What, what, where do you go and compete? He said, you really want to know? Yes. And he began to tell me all that. Can I just tell you, at the end of the night, that man gave his life to Christ. And I, I, I wish I could tell you that I drove all the way out there because I was fascinated with dogs. No, I love dogs. But I saw a, a point of connection that I could connect with him. And when I met him at that ground, that was common ground. I didn't come in as the preacher coming to blast him and tell him everything wrong he was doing. No, Jesus could have done that with her. He didn't. He used water to talk about what he was there to do, and that is to give living water. So think about that common connection. You know what she tried to do? In the dialogue, she tries to switch it to, oh, you're a Jew, so you guys think you're supposed to worship on that mountain. We in Samaria think you're supposed to worship on this mountain. She brings religion up to try to divert the conversation. I think she actually brought politics up. You want to see how fast you can divert a conversation today with a neighbor? Bring politics up. I mean, literally, am I right? There's so many things we're divided on. And, and there's, hey, it's nothing wrong. You believe what you need to believe. But if we're there to share hope in Jesus, then get back to the main thing. And the main thing is Jesus. And Jesus kept bringing her back. He wasn't going to buy that about, well, the Samaritans do this, the Jews do that. No, he said, ma'am, the time's coming and it's now come when it doesn't matter if you worship there or here. Father's looking for those who worship in spirit and truth. And then there comes that moment when he reveals himself and says, yes, I am the Messiah. So connection, conversation leads to connection. And then this connection leads to conversion. When there's a connection, the Lord uses you to bring them to a point of conversion. Now, you don't save them. Let me make sure you understand that. You don't save them. I don't care how slick and how good you are. You can't save anybody. But when they see Jesus in you and they begin to connect with you, then there is that opportunity for the Lord to use you as a great witness. And so Jesus just simply offered her what she needed most, living water. Can I just tell you that that common ground, whatever it is that we connect on, that's not what they need most. They need Jesus. And the goal is always the same. 
The reason this church exists, the reason we're still here, the reason we got up this morning, if you're a believer, is because the world around us needs Jesus Christ. Give them living water, not water that they'll thirst again. So many times we have peddled things that don't change anybody's life. The only thing we have to offer that changes lives is Jesus. And he changed his life forever. They, he said, you drink this water, you'll never thirst again. In fact, next week we're going to look at a man that was told the same thing. And he believed it. And here this woman in this conversation, they're talking about it. Jesus is saying, if you knew who I was, you would have asked me for water. And then she says, I know one day we'll get it all figured out. And this is my favorite part of the story. One day the Messiah is coming. One day Jesus is coming. And man, he's going to show us everything. And Jesus looks at her and says, well, honey, it's a good day. Because I am he. I'm here. And in that moment, what'd she do? She said, I got to go tell. She goes back to the village. And she begins telling everybody, you got to come meet this man. He told me everything that I've ever done. You've got to come meet him. There was a moment of conversion where she leaves and she goes back and she just says to her, her world, you got to come see this guy. You got to come meet this guy. Now, I want you to get this picture. You got 12 disciples that are with him that he's training. They went to town also. They come back with a Subway sandwich. She comes back with a village. Which one you want to be? They come back with a sandwich. She comes back with a village. My prayer is, is that we will bring the village to Christ. We will bring people. We will tell people, hey, you got to meet this guy. You got to, man, it's changed my life. You and I have a story to tell. So let's be ready to go and tell that story. And I want to give you the tool that helps you prepare based on this story. I mean, it's a great way to do it, all right? You remember the QR code that came up on the screen last weekend? Well, look, here it is again. I want you to go to this QR code. If you don't have it already or haven't done it, get your, get your camera and it'll take you to a description of what I'm about to tell you. This is just a tool on how to get everything set up for you to have that spiritual conversation. It's kind of like if you're having guests over for dinner, it's like setting the table for you. Okay? It's like setting the table. I, I don't know about you, but if I've ever gone and been invited to go eat someone, they didn't meet me at the door and say, hey, here's your food. Thank you. No, they had a table prepared. They had everything set up, made it perfect. Well, here's how to set everything up. Okay, real simple. If you got it, everybody got it on your phone? Look at it. If it's on your phone, look at it or watch this. It's built on the word share. S, sense an opportunity. Look for that open place. And let me tell you, one of the great places that always represents an open place is when something has happened in their life. And you just step in and say, hey, I'm, I just want you to know I'm just praying for you. Sense an opportunity. If there's something, and there'll be in, in the, uh, on the webpage that you go to, that you're directed to, they'll give you a lot of examples of what 
are those opportunities. But you and I have enough sense to know. We know when, when the moment is right. And we know when it's not right. I, I mean, I've been in situations where I knew the moment was not right. There was another time that I need to have a conversation with them. It just wasn't at that moment. Second thing, H, hear their story. Hey, tell me about, your, tell me about yourself. I mean, just think about what it means to them. Have you ever had dinner with someone or an appointment with someone or just had some time with someone and they never asked you about you? They spent the whole time telling you about them. Raise your hand if that's ever happened to you. How enjoyable was that moment? But let me tell you, most people want to tell you about them. I just think as God's children, we got something a lot better to talk about and it's not us. It's Jesus. And in order to open that door in their heart, start with them. Hey, tell me your story. Where'd you come from? How'd you, you know, where were you born? Where were you raised? Something like that. And then ask good questions, which that's a part of it. Ask good questions. Hey, uh, how many kids you have? You, you, family? All right. Well, you, you work here locally. I mean, there's so many things that honor them. Just ask good questions. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. Are recognized needs. Do you sense a need in their life? Do you sense a need in their home? Can't tell you how many times I've been with somebody and while I was talking to them, all of a sudden I just saw that there was a need in their life. And I said, you know what? I'm gonna, I gotta meet that need. Because sometimes in meeting a need, it opens the door to hear what you're gonna say. You remember when Jesus fed 5,000 with five loaves and two fish? Remember that? Guess what? He fed them before he taught them. I just think meeting a need opens the door for us to really have a spiritual conversation with people. And then enjoy time together. Don't just show up and say, okay, I'm here to check the box and say I did it so my church will be happy and my pastor will be happy. No. Enjoy them. Enjoy time together. Have coffee with them. Have a meal. Whatever you want to do. Jesus actually had a meal with her. At least he had Subway sandwich while she went and got the village. But I think there was a moment where they just got to sit and talk and enjoy time together. So if you'll do these things, you might be shocked. I just pray that our church can be the kind of church that can do this right now. Because in a day when there's so many divisions, a day when there's so much animosity, one group toward another, wouldn't it be awesome if we could bring the village, we could bring the city, we could have influence because we're talking about living water, water that changes your life. And that's exactly what Jesus did that day. You know what the result of that could be? I'll show you the result. Chris Bacon. Chris, stand up. Chris Bacon, in my opinion, is one of the best student ministers that I've ever worked with, and he is absolutely incredible. Did you know that a family reached out to him when he was not a believer, didn't have anything to do with Jesus, didn't want to have anything to do with Jesus? A family reached out to him, connected with him, became friends with him. In fact, they shared with him the gospel, long before he ever came to a church. And it was through that relationship with that family, through all those times they spent together, 
That's how he became convinced Jesus is real, and he gave his life to Christ. So look what happened. Today, he's leading our students, and it all started with a family that just spent time with him, invested in him. Thank you, Chris. I, it can happen. You never know. And I'll show you another one. Christine. Christine, stand up. Come on, there's your fan club. You got to stand up and represent. Christine felt God stirring in her. And she wanted to go somewhere and share the gospel. Maybe somewhere where they don't have access or they don't know about Jesus. And so she felt that call. And tomorrow she'll be leaving, going to Richmond, Virginia. Uh, to work with a network that we're a part of that has a great mission-sending organization housed and literally located in Richmond. And they have a training center where she's going to get all the training. And then somewhere in Europe, she will go and she will share the gospel. And the reason I'm proud of her and wanting her to stand up is this. Go back to the map, if you could, up here. Most of us don't want to go here. We like going this way because uh, it's more convenient. Not time, but just we're more comfortable. I'm proud of people who say, my goal in life is not comfort. My goal is to be a witness for Jesus Christ. And I am proud of Christine and what she's doing. So right now, this morning, I want you to bow your head, and I just want you to ask yourself this question. Who is it that I need to begin praying and serving so that I can share Jesus with them. Who is it that I need to begin praying for? Is there somebody in your life? Is there a neighbor? Someone who's just shown up in your life and now you know why. I just want you right there where you're seated, as you're streaming, as you're watching this on TV. Would you say, Lord, use me because I know where the living water is. And I want to make a difference in my world. And the best way I know how to make a difference is share Jesus. Because I believe He is our hope. Lord, thank You for the hope we have in You. God, help us to know how to connect with people and how to relate to people and how to be able to share You with the people around us. Forgive us for trusting water that is not living water. We don't want to bring back a sandwich. We want to bring back our village, our city, our community. So, Lord, help us to share. In Jesus' name, amen. So before Danny comes up to close the service, next week we're going to look at those moments that you didn't expect. This moment, Jesus purposed. He knew where he needed to go, and he went there. But what about those moments where you were totally surprised? You know what I believe? God's never surprised. I believe God orders your steps. He ordains your way. My wife and I were on a little getaway the last couple of days. And we're over at a place I'd never been on, on the East Coast, at a beach and at a place. And, you know, we were kind of away from everybody over there. And we're sitting there on the beach Friday evening. And I see people gathering. 
And she says, what's going on? I said, I have no idea. And then I look up, and I see somebody in the water, and I see some guys around her, and I see her as she goes under and comes up. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, a baptism. And I am like a heat-seeking missile straight to that. I get over there. Rachel even goes, funny thing happened to her. She stepped in a hole on the way, and it was a moment. But anyway, I get over there, and I'm standing there, and I'm celebrating with them. And I meet this ministry called Omega Ministry out of Atlanta, Georgia. And they have a conference every year over at this place, and they bring people from all over the world. And they give them an opportunity to be baptized. And I'm standing there, and it was as if I had the sense that God knew when I needed to be there. You see, I don't believe it's an accident. There are moments in your life you know God ordered your steps. Next weekend, we're going to talk about one of those moments in Scripture. Thanks again for listening to the First Orlando Podcast. For more information like our service times, location, and other contact information, be sure to visit us online at firstorlando.com. Have a great week.